Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. It's Wednesday the 6th of November. We're bringing you a special episode today as the Queen's been in Kent for an official visit. Her Majesty was at the Royal British Legion Industries Centenary Village in Aylesford, which provides accommodation and support for vulnerable and elderly veterans. Crowds started to gather early this morning, hours before the 93-year-old monarch arrived in the county. Our reporter Jess spoke to Katie Boots, who was one of the first people there earlier. So my mother worked for Gavin Astor House. She started here as a senior um, RGN when it opened, and I think it opened about 20 years ago. No, more than that, 27 years ago. She worked here for 17 years and she died 10 years ago. So she died actually on the 4th of November 2009, so it's her 10th anniversary. Um, and she worked here for 17 years and she actually died in service. She had a heart attack and died suddenly. So the Legion came to her funeral. Um, so John Quinn, I think, was the um, CEO then. He came to the funeral. Um, and I'm here for her because she was a big Queen fan. Queen as in the monarch, not, not, not the band <laughs> I hasten to add. Um, and she also took some Chelsea pensioners from here up to the palace for a, the afternoon tea that she does there and I've got pictures of her with the Chelsea pensioners. So she devoted a lot of her life to the NHS, the British Legion, with her nursing. And she trained at the Royal Free in London in 1957. And her name was Margaret Schofield. So obviously, I suppose today means a lot to you it for does. her to be coming here. There's actually a plaque for her in there in a picture. Oh, so that was, we came when she, about, about nine years ago we came, and the artist who did the picture came and... There's a plaque just in the entrance there for oh, her. That's yes, lovely. it's very important that I'm here today for her. And are you excited? Very excited. Yeah, I'm a yeah. massive Royal Family fan, massive Queen fan. Um, seen the Queen at Royal Ascot, but from a distance. But this is the first <laughs> time I've seen her. Well, hopefully close up. Yeah, exciting. What What are you predicting that she'll be wearing today? What colours? Oh my do you goodness! Think she'll be having on? Um, I think she may have some red on her for the poppy. Yeah, but who knows? Yeah, she likes bright colours, as I reckon red. Katie's prediction ended up being wrong. The Queen actually turned up wearing purple. Hundreds of children from local schools were lining the streets, waiting eagerly to meet the world's longest-serving monarch. This was the moment she arrived. The Queen was at the RBLI village to open the luxury care facility ahead of Remembrance Day. She signed the visitor's book, looked around the new apartments and was introduced to some of the former servicemen and women who live in the development. General Sir Gordon Messenger had this to say ahead of Her Majesty cutting the turf. I can tell you as someone who's been visiting here for uh, several years, that sense of community is the thing that hits you and stays with you and it's why I'm so very very proud uh, to be associated with this charity. 100 year old Kathleen Carey joined the Women's Royal Air Force back in 1939. So what are your thoughts about meeting Her Majesty today Kathleen on your 100th year? Yes I I'm very honoured to to, uh, meet the Queen yes but all equally uh, a bit nervous, <laughs> I suppose. Yes. Yeah. 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 So you haven't met her before? No. Oh, okay. And no. your service medals, what do they denote? 
That is the uh, Women's Royal Air Force. Oh, wow. Uh, which I joined in 1939 um, for the length of the war. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So where did that take you? Uh, not too far away, Buckinghamshire um, and um, where, where else? Bedfordshire I think. Yes. Right, yes. okay. Yeah. Uh, I looked after the health and well-being of all the WAFs. Oh, okay. So you were a nurse? Medical. The Queen also buried a time capsule containing a note from her that will be opened in 100 years' time. Steve Sherry is the chief exec of RBLI and says it's been a wonderful day. We've just uh, waved goodbye to Her Majesty and a great cheer. Uh, we've had a day of smiles, laughter... We've had over a thousand children lining the route with flags and cheering. At one stage they even cheered a laundry wagon in, in anticipation of Her Majesty arriving. Um, but Her Majesty has really uh, enjoyed the visit, I, I think, from seeing everything uh, and endorsing and supporting what we're doing here on Arbilai's village uh, and our centenary village uh, development plans. Well, it's such a momentous occasion as well, a momentous year for you guys as well, and to have a royal, let alone the Queen, coming along. It's pretty special, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Um, the charity has been going 100 years, obviously, that's what we're talking about. Um, but we're looking to the next 100 years, and what we're doing at the moment is providing that foundation, a 10-year foundation of developing out the village, to provide support for veterans for the next 100 years. And Her Majesty has written a note that will go in the time capsule that we put in the ground here um, to acknowledge that and it's about the sacrifice of others it's those that have sac given the ultimate sacrifice no longer with us but those whose lives have been affected by physical or mental uh, injury um, and they need their lives to get back together and we've got here on the Arbilai village a dynamic multi-generational community which helps people get their independence back. What, what was it like to meet the Queen? Uh, I've met the Queen before I've been honoured to host her uh, at um, my regiment in Germany many years ago and I was honoured to receive this of Her Majesty the Queen in the palace. Um, but it's still pretty nerve-wracking and particularly nerve-wracking for all of the staff here. We did a quick rehearsal of some of it yesterday and some people couldn't even speak. They went blah, 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 gibbering about it. Um, but actually going around, she puts people at ease and she puts people at ease very quickly. She asks questions. Uh, she, she was laughing as much as the staff were enjoying it. And I think it's given people a real buzz, a real sense of... Um, recognition of what they're doing, the good they're doing, and the, how that can impact on veterans' lives and the families of veterans to help them improve their lives every day. And uh, it's wonderful. I, I wish we'd had every Wednesday like this. You can see pictures and video from the visit in our story at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. A quick round-up of some other news now, and a woman's been charged after a man was stabbed at a property in Chatham. He was taken to hospital following the attack in Gordon Road on Monday night. 33-year-old Amelia Long, who's from the same street and knows the victim, is accused of grievous bodily harm with intent. A man who attacked another man in Faversham, leaving him with life-changing injuries, has been jailed for 14 and a half years. Lewis Short was drunk and high on cocaine when he beat Jamie Turner with a metal tyre wrench in March after becoming convinced he was in a relationship with his ex. The 28-year-old from Acela Road in Ashford told a jury he wanted to teach the victim a lesson. He'll serve another five years on licence when he's released. Plans to demolish a shopping centre in Maidstone and replace it with a 
15-storey tower block have been scrapped. Council bosses wanted to tear down the Broadway, which houses Lidl and Matalan, and build almost 300 properties. Well, 3,000 people signed a petition against the idea and dozens turned up to a meeting at the town hall last night, where it was unanimously thrown out. A furniture shop in Dartford has been severely damaged by a huge fire overnight. Crews were called to Farningham High Street in the early hours of this morning and a man and woman have been treated for the effects of breathing in smoke. Now, the world's biggest free film festival for young people is returning to parts of Kent from today. Ten screenings are going to be taking place in Rochester, Sittingbourne and Tunbridge Wells. Schools have been invited to take pupils along to ignite their passion for cinema. Celia Small is the executive of the Into Film Festival, which is now in its seventh year. The ages that we um, target ourselves are five to 19-year-olds, and it's that kind of core educational um, years. And the whole point is um, to really ignite the cinema going habits of young people as we do find that cinema going um, within the age group are declining and it's for for us to sort of work with the cinemas work with the industry and really keep it going and that we also feel um that it's that was sort of one of our central goals um is to cultivate uh, sort of the passion within young people within film and film watching we conducted research last year and we, we found out through that there's about 30,000 um, young people came to the cinema for the first time through um, Into Film Festival, which is for us an absolutely amazing thing to realise and to realise that we're actually doing the right thing. Um, we firmly believe that film being screened on the big screen is the perfect place to see it. And it's where that you it's in that quiet space and then you can really interact with what's going on on screen and really take in those sort of themes and subjects um, that are being portrayed to you. And that whole point of sort of identifying with it and learning about different lives different cultures and different stories Um, and like I said the big screen is where we believe they should be portrayed and be screened at. I think it's that pure non sort of distraction I think that you get from the cinema the fact that you're in a dark room all the lights are down you've got this amazing screen usually amazing sound and cinemas are constantly upgrading themselves which we found this year is particularly a lot more particularly than last year and they're really trying to create that sort of um, you haven't got your phone on, new phones turned off and you're there um, and it's a social experience that you experience with other people or by yourself um, and it's that's something that you won't get from the outside world in any other sort of medium. We've created the eight strands that we believe um, really sort of interact and work well with the curriculum itself. Um, so we've got mental wellbeing and identity, which is massive within schools, a language and creativity, the natural world, exploring history, debate, fantasy, adventure, rebellion and musicals. Um, and within the films that sit within these strands, um, our team also create educational resources that help to outline those sort of curriculum links and discussion points within the film. And it's all about going to see the film, um, creating that discussion point within the class and then going back to your classroom and really um, sort of taking the value of the film and making all the, ex- the visit and the experience last longer as well within the classroom and it really helps to bring certain subjects to life um, and be able to go and see um, like I mentioned about different cultures different people's stories um, that you can then bring back to classroom and talk within the sort of subjects that they're already exploring um, within their own school environment and as much as we do sort of we work with directors and filmmakers we do also try and get speakers in that have to do with the subject themselves um, so it's much more about creating the themes within themselves and it's not necessarily all about the filmmaking element it's about creating um, that really um, special experience that we know that the students get from from the festival screenings across the whole UK we've got 150 um, 
different titles. Um, some of them are obviously being screened at different um, capacities. Um, but in your particular area, we've got some really amazing films. Um, we've got a Bonneville, which um, I got to see a couple of weeks ago, and it was such a lovely story. And really, it's by the people that created um, How to Train Your Dragon. Um, we've got the King Who Be uh, the Kid Who Be King, which has been uh, I think gone down extremely well with young people. And then for the higher age groups, we've got things like Eight uh, Late Night, Eighth Grade, and Spider Man Far From Home. So they're all kind of films that have come out within the last year. Um, very current um, and hopefully very exciting for the students attending. Between now and the 22nd of November, pupils will be able to see movies like Spider-Man, Far From Home, Late Night and Horrible History's Rotten Romans. And it's emerged a new movie starring Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones was actually partly filmed in Kent. The Aeronauts is about a fictional pilot and historical meteorologist who have to fight to survive when a journey in a hot air balloon goes wrong. The scenes in a balloon factory were shot at the historic dockyard in Chatham. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.